you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. My subject this morning is a question. I ask the question and then I would depend on the Lord to help me to answer it very quickly. Then I'll let us go. My question is, what is on your mind? What is on your mind? Could you help me look at your neighbor and ask them for me this morning, what is on your mind? Look for somebody else and say, what's on your mind? <laughs> um, I, I asked that question today because there is a lot on our minds these days. The days in which we live are the days where there is a... <laughs> There, there is a deluge of, of all kinds of information um, and it's all targeted at our minds. So we live in these days where there is a lot on our minds, but unfortunately, many times, it's a lot of nothing. It's a lot of nothing. And I, and I want to wage war on, on that this morning. The average person has too much going on mentally too much such that we find it difficult to focus so for example we come in worship and i have found that the one of the biggest enemies to a good time of worshiping the lord are all kinds of thoughts so you are in worship for example and we begin to sing and we're worshiping the lord and then one of these many things that are there floating around on our minds just float by in the course of worship and before you know what's happening while it flew by it has taken your mind with it and you are gone even though you are standing there singing you're gone you're not there anymore that is too much mentally we're very very busy and because we're such busy people mentally, the ability to focus is stolen away from our generation. And I want to deal with that this morning. Listen to me. If the mind is deprived of focus, if the mind is deprived of focus, the man is simultaneously on several journeys, but never arrives at any destination. Because the mind is deprived of focus. Hopefully I can show us today that the way God made man is that man, is, man has the ability to focus. And we live in this day where there is, there is just a lot. Let me repeat that to us this morning because I want to make sure that you get it. If the mind, and I want you to be thinking about yourself, your mind, I'm speaking right now, many times people can't even focus and listen to a message for 30 minutes. People can't even focus and listen to a message for 45 minutes. The mind begins to go all over the place. Sometimes, even the preacher himself can't focus and focus on a subject for 30 minutes, for 45 minutes. The mind and the, and the attention begins to just go all over the place. If the mind is deprived of focus, the man is simultaneously on several journeys, but never arrives at any destination. That's why this morning I want to speak to us about focus. I will begin in Isaiah 26. I'll ask you to turn your Bibles with me. We'll read a few scriptures. I'll make a few statements. I'll read a few scriptures. We'll go back and make statements of understanding. 
And as we begin to do it this morning, I believe that the Lord himself will begin to draw your heart to a place where you begin to declutter. You begin to take away every cluttering thing and the mind begins to focus and the man begins to arrive at given destinations. Isaiah 26. Let me begin with this scripture today. Verse 3. Isaiah 26. Everybody turn your Bibles in there. I want to teach us this scripture. I want it to be the first rallying point of my discussion this morning. Isaiah 26 and in verse 3 it says thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Talk to me everybody. Whose mind is what? That man's mind is stayed on thee because it trusted in thee. Let me just look at a few things in this scripture. The first one is the word peace. It says you will keep that man in perfect peace. The word peace in this scripture comes from the very popular Hebrew word shalom. Shalom. Many times we've known shalom and we understand shalom as peace. But peace is only a part of shalom. Shalom is peace. Shalom is prosperity. Shalom is safety. Shalom is happiness. Indeed, shalom in the Hebrew language is supreme welfare. Supreme welfare. That's what it is. In this scripture this morning, something is going on about shalom. You will find that when actually almost everywhere, I dare to say everywhere in the Old Testament where the word shalom is used and translated into peace, if you look at it, it's never written once. Usually, it will be, if you look in the Strong's Concordance, you will find it written shalom, shalom. The way they write it is the, the writer writes shalom one time, but it's not enough. Because it's this supreme welfare. So every time they use it, you will find it written twice. Shalom, shalom. In Isaiah 26 verse 3, <laughs> the, the King James Bible translates it as perfect peace. The word perfect there, actually, you know what they wrote there? What Isaiah actually said was this. Isaiah came and he said, shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom is what he did there. Four times he came. So when they translated into English, how do we translate this thing? So they came and they said, okay, we're going to call it perfect shalom. But if you look in the, in the Strong's Concordance, what you'll find there is shalom four times. Shalom, 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 shalom. Can we say that in church this morning? Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. This extreme place of supreme welfare. That's what this scripture is talking about. When I read and understand that, I want to know how can I, as a child of God, bring myself into this extreme supreme welfare. Shalom, 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 shalom. I want to bring myself there. So it says to them, thou will keep him in shalom, 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 shalom. Who is this person that God will keep in this place of supreme welfare? It is the man whose mind, his mind is what? His mind is stayed. His mind is set. His focus is single. That's what we're teaching this morning. That is different from the average picture 
of the average man in our age. Our minds are full. Our minds are they are, they are driven in a million directions. And God is saying, for you to come to a place where you trust in me and I can bring you into perfect peace, you will come to this place where your mind is stayed on me. If you understood something there, can you give me an amen? amen. If Satan can put something shining in front of you, he can distract you. <laughs> If it distracts you, it dissipates your energy. Listen to me very closely this morning. If Satan succeeds to put all kinds of shining objects, many of us are chasing all kinds of things. We're busy. <laughs> he puts all kinds of shining things in front of you. When God says, look, I can bring you into multiple shalom if you just stay your mind on me. But Satan comes and he begins to attract us with all kinds of things, all kinds of shining objects in all kinds of places. And we're in many places. Remember I said, if the mind is taken away from focus, the man is on several journeys, never arrives anywhere. If Satan succeeds to distract us, it succeeds to dissipate our energy. The human mind is powerful. If we can make it one, we can make it powerful. If you can just make your mind one, let it be set on one thing. It's so powerful. Somebody is, just to illustrate how, how much we, we've lost the art of focus in our days. Somebody is, say for example, you're sick in your body and you're believing God for healing and you're trying to just stay on God's word and believe God for healing. And then they say, Let, let's go to marriage seminar. And there you go to, but what's your business with marriage seminar? Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? Those of you that have been students understand the way a student will study. He might have five, six, seven exams to write, but if tomorrow morning is mathematics, what is he studying tonight? That's focus. Life needs also the same level of focus. I read this somewhere. I wish I said this. It made me look very smart. But I didn't say this. I read it somewhere. But it will be interesting to you today. It says a focused fool can accomplish more than a distracted genius. A focused fool can achieve, can accomplish more than a distracted genius. No wonder. Psalm 121 verse 1. You know what the psalmist said? He said, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. Is what was he doing when he said, I'm going to lift up my eyes? My, my, the, the eyes is, is the physical gateway into our soul. So he says, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to make sure that I take my eyes away from every other mundane things and focus it just there. Everybody said with me this morning, I lift up my eyes. <laughs> I choose to direct my attention away from every distraction. That's what he was talking about. When he said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. I will. It's a matter of choice. I will, is what he said. I will lift up my eyes away from all kinds of these things. Matthew chapter 6. I'm, I'm building my case this morning. And as I'm saying this, the Holy Spirit, I've asked him, is going to help me to teach it to your heart. It's going to help me to show you where you have been distracted. That is making you not able to focus your energy and achieve your life's goals. Because there are just too many things going on on your mind. You are living, the, the way to look at your mind is this. Your mind is like, like real estate. And you are allowing all kinds of things to come and build their tents. 
So your mind is like a big piece, expanse of land. And all kinds of people just come, all kinds of issues just come, and they build their tents. So you come to church, and somebody said something about you, and that built a tent of, of anger, a tent of displeasure, built it at one corner of your heart. And then you go somewhere, and somebody is doing something really nice, and you also want to do what they're doing, and that built another tent somewhere on your heart, all kinds of things all over the place. And then suddenly you look at yourself, and you are busy, but you're going nowhere. And this morning, the Lord will help every one of us to declutter. And you begin to focus. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I'm talking, to the, talking about your focus. What's your attention? What are your eyes looking at? <laughs> Matthew 6. Look at this. Jesus is speaking here. And I pray that he will teach it to us. Matthew 6 verse 22. It says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single... Does everybody see that this morning? If your eye is single, talking about this focus, your eye is single, it says, then your whole body shall be full of light. But it says, if your eye be evil, then your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore thy light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Then it says in verse 24, no man can serve two masters. Really, in our lives, we are not equipped to run two journeys. He says, no man can serve two matters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot, he said, serve God and mammon. And the Lord began to say these words to me. Let me just bring them to us in a way that I can this morning. <clears throat> Listen, he says, when God wants to do anything, he makes you see it. We're talking about your eyes, what your eyes are seeing. When God wants to do anything in any of our lives, what he does is he will make you just see it. When you see it, the seed of it is sown. When the seed is sown, the harvest is assured. Let me go back to that. When God wants to do anything in your life, the first thing he will do is he will make you see it. Suddenly you just come up one day and just say, I could do that. This could happen. You just see it. If you see it, the seed of it is sown, the harvest is assured. That the Lord behind me see it. He said, many times it fails at the stage of seeing it. Most people have no space. They are cluttered. Have you ever had a Maybe let, let, let's try to use an illustration of a, any kind of, maybe your phone might be a good example there. You're, you've bought your phone, and when you, when you bought it, you went to the shop, and they said, this one is 12 gigabytes, it is 2 euro. This one is 20 gigabytes, it will cost you 20 euros. And you say, ah, what do I need 20 for? Let me take one of two. So one day, you're trying to save a picture on your phone, and your phone says, mm, 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 mm. it's no space. How many people have been there before? Have you been there before? <laughs> it says no space. How many of you actually notice that it doesn't even ever allow you to save all what it said is its capacity? It doesn't. I, I, many times I've looked. I said, this thing is cheating. It's cheating. I can see how much. But it says no. Because it says I need space for all of the other operations that I am doing. So, I'm saying to us this morning, God is saying, the way I operate with you is this. If I want to do anything in your life, I'll come and I'll make you see it. 
And when, when I say see it there, we're talking about this is happening in the realm of your soul, in the realm of your mind. A picture of it is being painted. And if you don't get, if you don't have room to download and see it, the seed of it is not sown. And so for many of us, we're so cluttered, so cluttered that all of these things that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring, there's no room. Am I talking to somebody this morning? There is too much. <laughs> Listen to this. God is looking for clear minds on which he can sow his seeds of kingdom thoughts. Kingdom thoughts. They are powerful thoughts. Lives. Powerful things can happen just by a thought that he can drop. But many of our hearts are cluttered. There's no room. Most of the biggest things I've ever done, ever in my life, in any sphere, spiritual or material or whatever, they've been things that happened just, just suddenly. A thought just came. That can happen. And the moment that thought is a seed, if that seed can settle in the human mind, the harvest is coming. But many times, <laughs> it's too busy. It's too busy. Too busy. Every time a preacher is preaching like I'm preaching this morning, do you know that the, the, the words I'm speaking physically like this, they are not the only words in this room right now. The Holy Spirit is taking these words, these physical words, and he's speaking all kinds of things. That are all, this atmosphere is full of divine thoughts right now. If, if, I, if I were to share with you everything that is on my heart about this subject, we'll be here for the next hours and hours. So we will share it in about 30 minutes, but the Holy Spirit is taking it and distilling to every one of you in the way that appeals to you where you are. But many people, there is no space. It's full. Have you ever tried to load your washing machine before with more than the, the, the level that it can take? And you pack it, and then you put it on, and then the thing is, uh, they want to kill me. Many of our hearts, many of our minds are like that, my friends. If you understand me, can you give me an amen still again this morning? <laughs> Let me call you to single-mindedness on a few issues. To be single-minded, as we take this journey, um, this is a little sidestep, but things in your life, what I want you to be very, very single-minded. Number one, the question of who you are. This will help you in the process of decluttering your mind. Decluttering your mind. Who you are. The process of who you are. Who are you? I tried to answer this for myself. I said, I'm God's ambassador, using his grace to do his will, ensuring his will on earth as it is in heaven. That's who I am. You will have to be able to be single-minded for yourself about who you are. Because that begins to affect um, what you allow to take up real estate on your heart. Number one, things you should be single-minded about, who you are. Number two, what success means. What does success mean to the 21st century child of God? I tried to answer that as well, and you may write these things down, but go home and ask yourself, what does success mean to me? So that you can be single-minded about it. Success, my friends, is God looking at you and saying, well done. That's success. Success is that God can look at you and say, well done. <laughs> Things to be single-minded about, number three, 
is ask the question, what really matters in life? What really, I'm, I'm helping you on the, on the pathway towards shedding off things that don't, things that are cluttering your mind and stopping the progress of your, because this human mind, if you can focus it, it can be powerful. But the devil is dangling all kinds of things. We're not able to focus it. And so these questions will help us to begin to shed off things. What really matters in life? To answer that question, let me read you a scripture. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13. I pray that the Holy Spirit himself will teach you what I'm teaching you this morning. This has helped me a lot in my life personally to be able to um, not just be always on the run, chasing everything. Not just everything that looks nice or that everybody is done is what I'm chasing for time because I've learned that if it, can, if it can distract me, it can dissipate my energy and then I'm not able to just get anything done. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. What really matters in life? Uh, who are you? First question to ask and be sure about. Let nobody answer that for you. <laughs> Number two, what does success really mean? What is success? Number three, this morning, what really matters in life? Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Look, look, listen to the preacher. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the old matter. At the end of that old book. So let's hear the conclusion of the old matter. This is the conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the old duty of man. This is the old duty of man. I'm asking, what really matters in life at the end of the day? Fear God. Keep his commandments. That's the old duty of man. Number four question you should be asking yourself, what is your source of help? What is your source of help? Let, let's, let's, let's be clear about that. What's my source of help? The psalmist said, like we said, Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills because I have now come to the conclusion, my help comes from the Lord. If, if you don't answer that question clearly, oh, life will take you to all kinds of places looking for help. The search for help will take all your energy that you should use to move your life forward. The search for this, the search for favor here, the looking for, I'm looking for somebody to help me. I'm looking for somebody to do this for me. Oh, if only I knew somebody there. Start back and ask the question, where is my help coming from? If you can clearly answer that question in your heart, you will know my help comes from the Lord and you will settle down and stop wasting all kinds of energies looking for things where they are not. Um, the, the next thing I want to look at this morning is the fact that progress many times eludes us because we're not clear-minded. Jeremiah 4 verse 3, very popular scripture. Let's go and read it. Let Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3. Look at what he says there, and, and it's quite interesting. He says to them, he says, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3, he said to them, Break up your fallow ground. And then, what was the next thing he says to them? Just to be sure you are here. Don't do what? So, he said to these people, The problem is not that you are not sowing. The reason you are not reaping is not because you are not sowing. The problem here is you are sowing, but you are sowing among what? among thorns. And that is a picture of many of our minds today. For God to do anything like I'm saying to us, he will show an idea. He will show a thought. But many times, that thought is now in the middle of thorns and is choked among them. 
So it's so difficult for you as a person. When was the last time, child of God, that a fresh new idea came in your heart and you were able to take it from infancy to real results and you stood with it and you carried it through? Many times, many Christians come up with ideas. I talk to people every day and people come up with all kinds of ideas. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I've learned now, if somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, this is now my idea. This is my next business project. This is my next investment. I say, hmm. Because in the past, if somebody talks to me like that, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I begin to run. Then I find later on that somewhere along the line, they've lost steam themselves. They're not able to carry through. The reason is not that we are not sowing. It's that a lot of what we are sowing is being sown among thorns. May God help you to identify those thorns in your heart this morning and we begin to uproot them in the name of Jesus. And we begin to, like Livestones was singing, we begin to make space. We begin to make room. We begin to ask him to invade so that there is, there is freedom in our hearts. Jeremiah said to them, he said, you break up those fallow grounds and you begin to sow and make sure when you begin to sow, you don't sow among thorns. Listen to this. This was written by the Cleveland Clinic. They wrote a, an article titled, An Ode to Silence. An Ode to Silence. And the reason I want to read this to us this morning is I want to call us to return to that age-old concept of a daily quiet time. Of a daily quiet time. When I gave my life to Jesus, it was one of the things they taught us. That if you're going to grow and become a, a responsible, matured child of God, that it would be part of your daily routine that you'll have quiet time. How many people, how many people were born into quiet time? <laughs> Most of, it's not very popular these days, but I've found that in those days they used to say quiet time was prayer, was this, or that. But really, quiet time is not prayer. Quiet time is not reading the Bible. Quiet time is simply what it says, quiet time. I actually find that even in the world, world-class CEOs will tell you that part of their daily routine is fine in the midst of all this busyness. Oh, we're, we're, we're having this meeting, that meeting. They find time to be quiet in the day. Powerful. Listen to what Cleveland Clinic wrote in this article called An Ode to Silence. They said this, silence offers opportunities for self-reflection and daydreaming, which activates multiple parts of the brain. It gives us time to turn down inner noise. This is not the Bible here. This is the world talking here. This is just science and it's talking Bible. It says it gives us time to turn down inner noise. Remember that man whose heart is stayed on something. It turns down inner noise and increases awareness of what matters most. It cultivates mindfulness recognition, and appreciation of the present moment. <clears throat> it turns down inner noise. What am I saying this morning? For many of us, there is too much noise inside you. So much noise that you can't even come to church and be able to just focus on God for two hours. So much noise that you can't even just worship the Lord for 15 minutes and that's all on your mind. Nothing else comes on your mind at that time. Too much noise. But I tell you something, begin, let's return, return to the concept of a daily quiet time. Find it where you just alone, alone, and you sit down and you just 
Don't pray. Don't read. Don't do anything. Just rest the mind and keep quiet. You know, we began to do this thing that every time we pray, when we finish praying, we just say, everybody just sit down and be quiet in the presence of the Lord. And people find it difficult. Difficult. Five minutes looks like 30 minutes. Because our generation, we're busy. We're, we're just all over the place. I find this with myself sometimes. If I just sit down and, and there is no, maybe some of you can relate to this. And there is no, there is no TV, there is nothing playing, there is no music, there is something. I'm like, I'm looking for something has to be, how many people are like that? I'm, I'm looking for, uh, just, just put on the TV. Let it just, we're not listening to it. It's just talking. That, that's how bad we have become. You, you wake up in the morning. Before you even open your eyes, you take your phone. Uh, uh, what happened overnight? Am I talking to people this morning? That's what we have become. So, and I have found personally that most of the most powerful things that the Holy Spirit has been able to drop on my heart from nowhere have been things that happen first thing in the morning. Just wake up in the morning, freshly coming out of a deep good night's sleep, and then an idea that came from nowhere just drops on my heart. But God is saying, I'm looking for, I'm looking for, for, for those land that is open where I can begin to plant these kingdom thoughts. And we're busy. I bring you back and I commend you back to the concept of a daily quiet time. Just sit down. Don't tell me that my quiet time is on the train. As I was going home, I was just, I was just quiet on the train. No, no, no. Nothing else can be happening. On the train with all the mad people there. <laughs> Somewhere in the quiet of your home, sit down. If your home is too, if you can't find quiet at home, on your way back from work, just sit down at one corner at the banoff and just sit for 10 minutes. Just, you know what quiet time? Quiet time is time when they say, what is happening during quiet time? The answer is nothing. Just nothing. Just sit down. And you will find rest that quiets and brings quiet to all that inner noise. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.